Okay, thanks for being here. My name's Shane Fozard. And I'm Jess Fozard. And you're listening to the Relationship Success Podcast, a podcast for couples and for singles. We're sharing the tools and tips on relationships that everyone should have been taught at school that will vastly change the way you do relationships. And so in this episode, we're going to be talking about how crucial it is to have self-awareness and why that's really important to having a thriving relationship, but also why owning your own part in those conflicts and those arguments actually brings you back together in harmony much faster. Self-awareness in a relationship is more easily obtained when you have the courage and humility to acknowledge your own past programming and wounds that could be causing you to react in helpful ways. I'm definitely guilty of doing that. And so, yeah, we're also going to be talking about how using different points of view um, can be used to really empower yourself in those challenging moments. And really, again, ultimately, how do we get back to that place where we have that harmony and we have that um, connection and that love and that respect going on? on as quickly as possible after those arguments or those conflicts. Self-awareness is the most important element to improving any area of your life, Mm. whether it be your relationships or anything else. Obviously, we're focusing on relationships, but to me, and I was thinking about this the other night and talking to Shane about it earlier, if you're not aware that a door exists, you can't go through the door. And that's what self-awareness is, being aware that the door exists and saying that change and everything you you want to improve and the ability to improve and all the tools that's on the other side of the door. So once you're aware of it, you're like, oh, now I want to go through it. But it's a locked door. And the key to unlocking the door is personal responsibility, which we're going to talk about in episode two. But these are the two things that once you've got the self-awareness and the personal responsibility enables you to unlock all the other tools, processes, healing that's going to help you improve yourself, your relationship and fix things that you want to fix. And Mm. They're massive, massive. And this is just one really important part of the six-step honeymoon feeling forever system. So step one being oneself and we're kind of deconstructing oneself and and self-awareness is that very first step to it. As you're saying, you need to know the door exists in order to even consider that you want to go through it. And so we kind of talked about, yes, it's it's important to have that self-awareness, but I think I guess a step before that is really just even having the courage to acknowledge that, hang on, I've got some stuff I need to work through. I think it's it's much easier in terms of avoiding the cognitive dissonance and the internal conflict to just blame the partner. No, I've got no role to play in this. It's because of you. You mm-hmm. did this or you did that. And that's what we're taught to do. Yeah. All around us. So much easier to blame someone else, isn't it? Yeah. And it takes so much courage to go, hang on a minute, maybe I've got some role to play in this mm. or at least a role to play in this to resolve it. Totally. And I think it's courage and humility you know, it's courage to shine the spotlight on yourself and go, okay, how did I contribute to this situation right now? How, how did I respond based on, yes, perhaps my partner spoke to me with a certain tonality or maybe they looked at me in a certain way and, and that's that way they always look at me. That, oh, it just gets under my skin or, you know, something like that where we kind of shine the light back on ourselves rather than our partner and go, hang on, you know, first of all, having the courage to do that and then secondly, humility to go, okay, well, I'm not perfect either. And perhaps the way I responded, whilst there might have been a behaviour that was undesirable that I saw from my partner, whilst, yes, they they might have also co-contributed to that situation, how can I stop and how can I have humility to look within myself and the courage to do so? Mm. And both of those lead, like you need the courage and the humility to look at what's actually triggering you. So there's Mm. in the moment and then there's actually what's behind that stuff because I found 
for lots of people, including myself, well, definitely for myself, there's about 80 to 90% of stuff that I'm triggered by is usually from a past and I'm not even aware of it. So there's mm. the self-awareness that you're being triggered and then there's the level of self-awareness of like, okay, what's actually being triggered? And it takes courage to look at that stuff because it's not always pretty. Mm. Yeah, totally. A lot of humility too to remember that we're not perfect and we all have stuff to improve. But when something happens, I find it really useful to be able to ask, like let's say I get triggered by something you say or a tonality I used, you used, sorry, and then I go, okay, if there was something else, what could that be? If there was something deeper than this, what could it be? It's causing that yeah. response. And it's incredible the amount of times something comes up and I'm like, what? And I wasn't even aware of that. But being self-aware enough to ask yourself the question mm. to stop in that moment instead of just be just wanting to blame and justify and be right in the moment, it takes courage and humility and it helps improve the situation if you can do that because it then helps you heal past it mm. so that you don't have to keep repeating that same problem yeah. over and over. And I think we talk about oneself because – and the reason why we start is you know, step one, talking about the higher chunk level, is because the easiest person to change in the world is yourself. Yes. I mean, you could spend a lifetime waiting for somebody else to change and maybe they don't want to change. And so that's why it's really so important in, in a relationship, even in intimate relationships, yes. Uh, friendships, yes. Family relationships, yes. Business relationships, yes. I mean, this applies to all relationships. Whilst mm. we are mostly spending time talking about intimate relationships, mm. you know, all of this can be applied to any style of relationship. Ultimately, again, if you want that relationship to improve, you could sit back and you could wait for it to improve or you could improve it. Mm. and it's oneself it's about looking at okay how can i stop being so reactive how can i stop reacting to this behavior that i'm seeing now it, it might be a almost like a, a void of behavior it might be that maybe your family isn't calling you maybe your partner doesn't say i love you maybe you know there's something missing but you know how you react to that often we all have these automatic reactions almost like these instincts or these again as you're saying past programs or wounds that trigger us to mm. respond in a certain way and whilst it may not always be easy to stop that straight away the goal is to learn how to stop being so reactive to it and yes you might have that internal increase in adrenaline or stress or cortisol or heart rate or you know, breathing rate all those sorts of things we have that physiological arousal instantly when we see that thing that triggers us it's then about how do you stop that cycle how do you how do you stop manifesting or, or going down that, that downward spiral of being unresourceful for the next five minutes i mean i think it helps to stop and be reflective mm. it's to go okay or well, yes i'm pissed off right now yes i'm angry yes i'm upset yes i'm you know hurt or whatever the the feeling is that we have that we think is justifying how we feel about it now because you know, this behavior happened it's then stopping and going okay how can i reflect on this how can i change my my perception and that's what in neuro-linguistic programming there's a, a concept called perceptual positions and you know jess and i have had a lot of experience in teaching people nlp and and so perceptual positions is kind of like looking at it like a fly in the wall as you know in sort of what we kind of talk about from day to day people say oh you know see it from a fly in the wall how would it look in the other person's shoes and when you're in a when you're in an argument sometimes a big leap of faith to try and see it in the other person's shoes but if you can just see it like a fly in the wall from a third person's perspective, sometimes that helps us kind of just de-escalate that situation a little bit. What are your, what's your, so your take well, on that? Well, that's where that question that I was talking about earlier comes in for me. That helps me change that perspective and step out of that moment to see, okay, well, what am I actually 
reacting to. Mm. So if I say if there was something deeper to this, what could it be? It enables me to step back for a minute. But then there's sometimes it helps me to, instead of being a fly on the wall, step into if the roles were reversed, how would I want you to treat me? Because then I, it's almost like I don't have to step out of my own shoes, but I can f- still feel the feelings of like, oh, hang on, if the roles are reversed, I wouldn't enjoy how I'm treating you back to me. And then it enables me to go, how would I want to be treated? Cool, now I can step into that role because that's how I would want to be treated. So yeah. it's kind of like utilising my own emotions to motivate me to be kinder to you or more self-aware about how I'm being in that moment towards you. So it's about being self-aware enough in that moment to catch yourself Mm. that you are reacting and then being able to ask yourself some kind of question, one or two questions depending on the moment that enables you to shift your perspective. Yeah. I think it's it's also once you're able to do that. And again, knowing that we're always going to be clumsy at Mm. the first time we do this and, you know, this is not a instant turnaround in in life or in relationships or how we deal with it look for most people anyway maybe it is for a select few but typically what will happen is we'll be clumsy at it but the more that you do it the more skill you get with it and the the better you become at it and you know what it does is it ends up empowering you it empowers you because you then know that that first step starts with you you become empowered because there's always something you can do in every situation you, you just recognize that hang on how i'm responding right now is something i can choose to change and i can choose to change it by asking some quality questions like you're saying how would i like to be responded to in this situation which changes our perception another one is you know how would it look from a third person so imagine if you had a, a live camera feed on, on our relationship right now is this how i'd want other people to see me responding. I mean, even that changes your your, your perception is you know, how would this look to others? Uh, I know sometimes people are like, oh, we don't want to fight in front of the kids. And, you know, that's an example where that added accountability can sometimes help us be more resourceful in that moment. Now, not to the point where we, we don't encourage people just hide it under the carpet and mm. you know, deal with it later, but it, it is about finding an inner resourcefulness within yourself rather than expecting your partner to come up with it rather than going, no, I'm completely right in being offended right now and in being hurt and in being, you know, whatever, the again, the emotion is and sitting back and waiting for the partner to change. This empowers you to go, okay, well, yes, I still might be valid in being hurt and why am I choosing to get hurt by this so much? What's going on for me right now? If this is related to my past in some way, how? And what can I do about it now? What can I do about it? Yeah, absolutely. And then how would I like to, as you're saying, if, if it was reversed, how would I like this to be resolved or how would we like the next step to sort of take place? I find it's also empowering in the way of, you know, the whole no one can drive you crazy if you don't give them the keys. Yep. So for me it's knowing, having that humility and courage to know that there's always things that I can be improving on also takes away that pressure of like feeling like I have to be perfect mm. because – it humbles me up like, hang on, I know I've I've always got stuff to to work on. Yeah. So it's empowering in that way of like, oh, I don't have to be perfect but I can just be the best me and the best me is going to continue to improve because that's what the best version of me would do is mm. continue to improve. So it's empowering in that way that you take back the keys to your own sanity and your mm. own identity in a way to be able to go, well, I know that there's things I need to improve on. It takes the like, – if someone's telling you blah, blah, blah and you're like, yeah, I, there are things I need to improve on. It takes the power out of what they're saying automatically. They yeah. can't have that effect on you if you're owning that within yourself, mm. which is pretty cool. Yeah, totally. Well, uh, and as you're kind of saying, we're, well, we're not perfect yet by any means. No. 
Um, and I think if we can probably put this into some context, it was, like I say, a situation that happened probably in the last two months or so where I had transferred some money into an account, I believe, and, and we hadn't really talked about it first. And that was a standard that we had in our relationship is that we were going to talk about money and, and I had some reasons that I believe justified transferring that money and was going to talk talk it over with you but things got in the way and it just didn't happen. So standards we'll talk about in later episodes about relationship standards but for this moment there's something that we had pre-agreed on. So we'd both agreed on the, the standard is neither of us would transfer amounts of money or large amounts of money out of any of the accounts without talking to the other one first. Yeah. So you and felt there were reasons that why I was justified? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that's why I did. I didn't do it willfully going oh, i'm just yeah, yeah. i know we have this agreement but we're not gonna, i'm not going to abide by it right and so we also had a uh, a sort of playful penalty associated with that so we're like okay well because you've done this here's this penalty that applies and i'm like okay yeah well, you know, I can we share the penalty sure it's a fine yeah so we have our own play accounts which means we have our own money plus all the other accounts we have shared a, money and then we yeah. have individual accounts that i can spend my money on whatever i like yeah. and just can't say anything about it and she can spend Same. her money on whatever she likes and i can't say anything about it yeah. So yeah, it was a fine, which was a playful fine of just a reminder that yeah. we had also pre-agreed on. But then, in that moment, like we had this um, discussion about it, and you know, I took responsibility mm. for doing that. Yeah. In when I first brought it to you, you were like, "You're totally right. That was our standard. I take responsibility for that. I definitely need to talk to you about it next time. I won't let other things get in the way. I'll put things in place. Definitely do the fine because we need to follow through on things like that. Awesome. Done. Mm. We thought it was all done. Yeah. And it was. It was all good. And then there was something else that you asked me like hours later. You asked me something else and I took it in a way that I felt you were limiting my options and you were kind of treating me like a child. I think I might have said something like that. Mm. And and we kind of had this kind of minor argument. It was like it was – it was an argument. Yeah, you know, there was it was a little bit tense yeah. during that sort of argument, and you were claiming that you know you didn't intend for that to happen, and I was yeah. trying to express why I felt like you know I was being treated like a child. And it got to the point that I said I need I need a minute. This is overwhelming for me, and I can't think straight. I need a minute, so I took a minute and left the situation. Yeah, and then I kind of sat there and I was like, I did exactly what we kind of spoke about. I was like, hang on, why did I just respond like that? Why why did I choose to get so you know upset at this request and why did I choose to give it that meaning that I was being treated like a child and I realized that maybe what I was doing is I was trying to balance out the the fault like here I was that I had done this thing that had conflicted against our relationship standards earlier in the morning and you know I accepted that and, you know, there's no denying that I'd done that and then maybe there's an unconscious desire to try and find something that you are now at fault for to try to balance it up and I thought maybe that's what I just did. Yeah. And so I remember sort of walking back into the room. And but before you came in, unbeknownst to either of us, the other one was thinking what they were. I'm asking myself if there was something deeper to this, what could it be? And thinking about, well, we did talk about the money thing this morning and maybe me making the request, this other request later, maybe that's just too many things and it's making him feel like he's doing all these things wrong when that's not what I'm intending but it might be what it feels like. So then you came in and – Straight away we're like, I'm so sorry for, I think you said, being oversensitive in the moment and that you think that it was that in the morning I did something, like I'd said you had done something wrong even though that wasn't the language we used and that you were looking for something to kind of even up the scales. Then I apologise to you saying I can totally see how that may have felt for you. I don't want you to feel that way. 
and it was resolved within seconds and mm. not resolved as in like, okay, cool, and then go our separate ways. It was resolved as in like big hug and – Yeah, it was back to and, harmony. It was yeah, back to connection. connection, deep connection and, mm. and a deeper understanding of each other after mm. it. So sometimes – disconnection or disagreements can actually bring you back to a deeper connection if you are being self-aware. Yeah. Totally. And that was how we stopped what could have been big issues from for both of the, the disagreements into minutes. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. And thank you. Thank you for being someone who's self-aware. I really appreciate it. It right. is something I'm massively grateful for. So. Should we talk about sort of, I guess, actions that people can take from this if they, 100%. If they're willing to accept the challenge to employ this in their daily lives? I hope you guys are. I know for me I wasn't to begin with, but I'll talk more about that in another episode. In the moment you can do stuff that we were talking about before, like the question I use for myself of if there was something deeper that's causing this or something deeper that's going on behind this, what could it be? And as you could hear in what we just explained then, it was useful for me in the moment with Shane when it wasn't even my stuff. It was what was I saying, thinking about my behaviour of how I had I possibly layered it on for Shane or caused him to get to that point. So sometimes it might reflect to deeper as in your past wounds, sometimes it might reflect to deeper as in a stacking of negative events between you and your partner. Yeah, and I think it's also about, uh, you know, you don't want to beat yourself up. Like it's not about, oh, I can't believe I did that and, and that's another, another layer of, um, I guess, negativity. It's really about giving yourself that space and that self-compassion to know that nothing is wrong. There's nothing. There's no wrong way to respond. How you feel is how you feel. Is then trying to unpack it and go, okay, why did I feel that way? Why did I choose to give it that meaning? Why did I choose to take offense? When I mean, anyone can say anything to us and it can just be like water off a duck's back, mm. including your partner. Why do we give power to some people's words? And when you can you know, just stop and ask yourself that question, why did I choose to feel that way? Why did I choose to respond in that way? Mm. It, you know, when you ask a quality question, you get a quality answer typically. Mm. So if you don't catch yourself in the moment, which like you are saying, we're not all perfect and, and for us it started by reflecting into, okay, what happened back then because we didn't catch ourselves in the moment to be self-aware. So if you don't catch yourself in the moment, then you can ask yourself what triggered me or what could I have done differently or was there anything deeper there? If you catch yourself in the moment, you can ask yourself things like why am I choosing to feel this way or if there was something deeper here what could it be find what works for you you'll feel one of them fit better than the others and it doesn't matter which one you use as long as it works for you yeah fantastic look that's it for this episode so hopefully you've got a lot of value from it and i guess what we want you to take away is just that ability to look within at that first step and go okay how can i have some more self-awareness in this moment because often that is that first step to recognizing as you use the metaphor the door there's a door there and then we'll talk about the key to unlock that that door in the next episode thank you for listening and feel free to subscribe and follow along for more insights and tips thanks again for listening to relationship success We will see you on the next episode.